Hello and welcome to our preview of Friday SEC basketball action. Man, we got a lot of games and several really good games. Cannot wait to break those down with my friends Blake Lovell and Max Barr. Of course, I'm Chris Lee here at Southeastern 14. A reminder, today's show is presented by BetOnline. The last of major pro sports leagues is off and rolling. College basketball is ready to go. It's here. And the big ones are coming up this weekend. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL, all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code Believe. That is B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, gentlemen, the game started Tuesday night. We've broken those down. Before we get to Fridays, one game that has happened since Mississippi State scored a nice seventy-one to fifty-six win over Arizona State. Blake, any any big takeaways or notes from this one? Yeah, I mean they, they were up twenty five with what Max probably I don't know, halfway through the second half, something like that. Um, it was over early. Yeah, this was this game was over uh, very early. They're up twenty one and a half, up twenty five midway through the second, I think, and Arizona State only had like twenty eight points or something like that. Um, so the scoreline a little deceiving here. It, it was dominant for for Mississippi State and. Of course, remember, no Tulu Smith, no Shaquille Moore, no Keyshawn yeah. Murphy. Um, yeah, so they still dominated. And Dre Fort, which I'll let Max have the floor on him here in a second, but um, he was tremendous and elite defensive team. We knew that, but boy, Max knows the message I sent to the, the group DM. I said, you know, Mississippi State, hopefully not beginning the quest here to be the worst shooting team in the country for a second straight season. What do they do? They come out and make 10 threes more than they made in any game last season. Remember, they finished 363rd out of 363 teams in three-point shooting last year. Jans pushing all the right buttons already in game one. Uh, if they can score on the perimeter, you don't want to play them defensively. Look out because Mississippi State's a top-five team in the SEC um, once they get to Lou Smith back. So, How about that that Barstool broadcast? I, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I, I thought Big Cat was hilarious. Um, <laughs> We should be doing this. Why are we not doing this for games? What, what, I, I mean, know. What are we it was doing? so refreshing. It, it, it was just so so funny that, you know, them rooting for their different bets and stuff like that. I loved it personally. Um, but, I mean, my guy, Trey Fort, looked great. Um, I was a little uh, little shocked that, that Andrew Taylor didn't play more, only 11 minutes and he didn't score a point. But, I mean, that just goes to show you how, how deep this team is this year now. I mean – I, I had this guy pegged as like a 30-minute-per-game point guard guy, especially with Shaquille Moore, and then Trey Fort comes in and drops a 20-bomb. I mean, uh, yep. yeah, did Arizona State look like they had lost a lot from last year? Yeah. Like, I don't think Arizona State is that good. But, man, I mean, you're down three key guys, and you absolutely you, you end the game at halftime, basically. Chris Jan's looking good. Yeah, other SEC well, guys, teams down three guys um, have had issues so far. So exactly. <laughs> they have. Uh, we, exactly. may, we may be getting to one shortly, but look, I think the bottom line was state. I, I didn't. I didn't watch any of it, but we know they're going to defend. To me, not having those guys 
shooting 39% from three, 77% from the line. I mean, if I don't know how you left that game feeling anything but better about State's plight ahead with, with those guys out. All right. Speaking of teams uh, that, that might have wet the bed without some key players, uh, we present to you the Vanderbilt Commodores, who were up 10 in the first half last time out against Presbyterian, which had lost 18 straight. At one point, Vanderbilt's down 15 in the second half, rallied late to to make it interesting-ish in the the second half. Uh, no Tyron Lawrence, no Vin Allen Lubin. I think you might see those guys Friday night against USC Upstate, which is expected to be around 300-ish by the computers. <laughs> in other words, a little better than Presbyterian. Uh, Upstate gets blown out by South Carolina. Uh, in its opener, gentlemen, uh, we see this one six central on the SEC plus. Max, let, let's get your thoughts here. I mean, sure, surely Vandy, even even if Lawrence and Van Allen Lubin don't play, isn't that bad, right? I mean, Upstate stinks, so they should they should have at least some sort of success here. I mean, basically, what I'm looking for going into this game is just can those new guys step up? I mean, Evan Taylor had zero points, like. 30 minutes through the game uh, on uh, Tuesday so or Monday, whatever it was. But, I mean, they looked – they just looked all out of sorts. I mean, Mannion being out the whole first half, like, can he just stay out of foul trouble and get the offense rolling a little bit and and they just settle in and, and, and win a – just win a game. Just get on the – just get on the board here and, and start the season fresh. I'm not I'm not looking for too much in this game, but if they lose again – I don't even – I'm not going down that path yet. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm picking Vanderbilt. You know, we're making our predictions for all these games. I I said I, I know what happened the other night. I know the fan base is about as, you know, deflated as you could be right now, but uh, surely they, they've got to bounce back here and, and get a win. If not, uh, I don't even know what you, you say at that point. But, yeah, I mean, Upstate lost by 29 against South Carolina. That's the team we pegged as the worst team in the league. Well, we might have to – um, depending on how things unfold, uh, <laughs> we think that, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, Vanderbilt should win this game. I think they bounce back here. You hate to have the got to get your attention type game in game one, but surely if you can't get your team's attention after this, uh, which I think they will do. Um, so, and like, like you said, Chris, I think who plays and who doesn't interesting to see, but, um, I just, come on, I can't pick against Vanderbilt. I know what just happened, but, you're an SEC team. You got to bounce back and win this game. And Upstate just lost by 29 and didn't do much of you know anything in South Carolina. So give me the Commodores in this one. Yeah, you, you've always got to be a little cautious of Jerry Stackhouse's teams in November and December because they just don't play well a lot of times. But for them to lose two in a row like that, I would I would bet against that too. I'll, I'll take the Commodores. Okay, uh, Texas A&M Commerce at Kentucky. Commerce expected to be around 250 nationally by the major computers. Uh, so far, it has taken two 35-plus point losses to AM and to Texas Tech. Uh, Kentucky looked really good in its opener. The, the freshmen looked terrific, everything that you would expect. Uh, guys, I'll start with you, Blake. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, my thought is um... – but Commerce is playing its third game in five days. Uh, you know, common opponent lost it 
A&M by 32, lost to Texas Tech by 27. Uh, I tend to think Kentucky's probably better than both those teams, although it's close with A&M. So, yeah, uh, you do the math. I think Kentucky will be fine. The wait continues for the return of the big man, and I think that's still going to be the storyline for Kentucky here early on. And, um, yeah, I don't have a lot more to add other than that. I mean, commerce is – they're earning their money here in week one, um, playing these three games. Commerce. and. They're they're getting paid well uh, for for these three. They're good at commerce. Guess. Well, yeah, I mean that's this is this is you know the name of the game here. If that's your your name, so yeah, I mean look, it's just Kentucky's. I just want to see them build off what they did in game one, which we talked about that. Our reaction: a lot of guys look good. Freshmen led them in scoring, and um, yeah, I think we pretty much know what to expect from Kentucky uh, after one game until you get uh, you know the the big three guys back in, in the front court. So. Yeah, not many thoughts here. Um, just kind of interested in the like first ten minutes, like when it's still kind of a game. Uh, if is it Dillingham, Wagner, Shepard? You know who's bringing who's bringing the ball up to uh, to start the game. Um, but it should win by thirty. I don't. I don't really know what else to say about this one. Give me the cats. 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 That's that's C A T S cats 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 all three of us. All wow, right, Chris um, a Kentucky fan, man. Yeah, you've been, look at me. You've been called a Tennessee fan, a Kentucky fan. My goodness, Chris, you just <laughs> got to stay unbiased here. Not none of us I'm should be rooting for any one team and or coach. Okay, none of us would ever do that here on this nope. podcast. Never. I'm a fan of all of you. <clears throat> all right, uh, I'm a fan of Steve are Forbes we, too, and he's are taking we to Missouri yet? Forest. No. Okay, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We we could. I mean, we could just jump line here if you want, but nope. good things come to those who wait. Um, all right. Steve Forbes and Wake Forest visit Georgia on the SEC network. Also, a- another one of this gaggle of what have we got? Um five tip-offs at, at six central, seven eastern. Uh, Wake is considered an NI team by most. Athlon did have Wake as a, as an eight seed preseason. Wake in one of the craziest opening night games, is down 21 with 7.04 left in the first half, ends up beating Elon 101-78 to, uh, to, to win that one, so do the math on that that kind of run. Uh, Britishman, British citizen Cam Hildreth, uh, scored 33 in that one. Their 6'10 guy, Andrew Carr, got 24. Hunter Salas gave him 19. Kevin Miller had 19. I think all those guys are returnees. Uh, here is my issue uh, if I'm Georgia. Wake out-rebounded Elon 37-22. Georgia got destroyed on the board, 63-40. to 40. How do you get 63 rebounds in one game that doesn't go to overtime? You got, that seems, you got that seems like a lot. Oh, Dante was – he was in he was on his own personal inferno in that one. That's a horrible joke. Oh, my uh, God. All right, Chris, 21 you're, offensive you're out of boards. here, man. You're out of here. All right, Max, we'll take over from here. He lit Georgia on fire. How about that? Oh, my gosh. All right, Max, talk about this game, please. Let's get this intro over with. (laughs) You got to love it. Um, It was an effort. Yeah, I mean, I have rebounding in all caps here on my notes. Um, Andrew Carr had 24-9. and I know it's against Elon, and he's not the physical specimen that Dante is. He's a little bit slimmer, but – that's what I'm looking for in this game. I don't really know for predicting a side, it's going to be tough. Um, but that's what I'm looking for because what I, what I was saying all off season was 
I don't really know what we're going to get on the offensive end with Georgia, but I know they're going to be big. They brought in Deloach. Melendez is oversized. They got the seven-footer in Chiwa. Like, this team's going to be tough to score on. They're going to crush the boards. And that was not the case in game one. So, if they can – what I'm looking for is just to bounce back on the physicality. You know, can this team play like how I thought they were going to with the oversized guards and the physicality? Because if not, then – Mike White, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I got to make a prediction for every game, and this is one that I just, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Wake Forest scoring 86 points in, what, 27 minutes. Pretty impressive. Um, but that's you know, sustainable, that's though? Yeah, well, that's against Elon, too. And All I got right. nothing against Elon, but, you know, I don't think Georgia's, I think Georgia's a little bit better. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a home game for Georgia, and I think that's probably the, the the nice part. But like you said, it's it all comes down to rebounding here, and um, uh, you know why why not? I I hate picking against Steve Forbes, though. I mean, the guy can coach. Mike White can coach too, but uh, I'll I'll take the home team here. If this was at Wake, I'd pick Wake, but I'll pick Georgia in this one. I don't. Uh, this is one I would say far away from. We don't know the 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 total or odds or spread yet on this one, but. I'd stay away from this. Um, these two teams feel somewhat similar to me, and uh, I just want to see a little bit more out of Georgia than what we saw uh, in game one against Oregon. But get Georgia credit. Starting off against Oregon and Wake Forest. So at least we get a, a kind of understanding of what they are after two games against those kind of teams. So, yeah, Like, I'm glad I... you said that, to stay away. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, but I, I'm glad you said that because the Ken Palm prediction here is Georgia 80, Wake Forest 75. And usually uh, the Ken Palm prediction has a has a good indication of where the Vegas odds are going to shake out. I don't think that these are going to be the odds. But I looked at that and I was like, wait a second. Like, I thought this would be like flip the other direction or maybe even like Wake yeah. Forest by like 10. Um, so just to see that the computers are saying, you know, Georgia by five and with the both game one results for these teams. It's just, I don't, I have no clue where to pin this game. Yeah. I, I watched a lot of that one. Um, I wanted Noah Thomason to be a bigger factor than he was. He just yeah. wasn't like some of what blue cane gave him. I, I just guys that rebounding, how much they just got destroyed in the paint. We made destroyed. jokes about it, but, but the stat speaks for itself and you're playing a team that was plus 15 and rebounding. You're playing a team that, that, has some offensive firepower. I just watched Georgia and I, I, I mean, they played a, it's a good Oregon team, but it's not a great Oregon team, I think. And, right. and I just didn't think, look, that, that game was closest, but I, I just never felt like Georgia was going to win it. I, I don't know. This, this feels like one where you've got a lot of preseason expectation built in it and maybe Georgia will get there. Uh, but watching that Oregon game on, when was it Monday and, and knowing what, Wake is capable of doing, and Steve Forbes is a really good coach. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going Wake on this one. So I'm going to go Wake as well. If it's Georgia minus five, I'd be yeah. Wake Forest plus five would be the easy. But I'll pick Georgia. I'll be the, the Lone Ranger here. Um, I'll pick. I'll pick the dogs. There you go. All right. One of the the bigger games of the night. Texas A&M goes to Ohio State. Uh, and. Guys, be careful because we're going to say this about Tennessee, too. If you want to watch this one, you better have Peacock. So you got an Ohio State team playing at home, returning a ton of guys. They have recruited well up there, expected to be a, a 10 to 12 NCAA tournament seed by most preseason 
bracketologist, but Ohio State did struggle to beat Oakland 79-73. Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Zed Key all go for 17. Now, look, I think Texas A&M was my pick to win the league. Now that I've seen Tennessee and seen Ziegler healthy, I, I would probably flip that. But, look, this is a loaded league. I loved what A&M did a year ago. But, guys, this is the team under Buzz Williams that has tended to start slowly, Blake. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's just kind of and, and look they they bulked up the schedule this uh, this season. They, they figured it out, right? Because think about it, they got Ohio State on the road. They go to SMU. That's a that's not an easy game. They got Penn State uh, the rematch November twenty third Thanksgiving. They got Memphis at home. They got Houston. So and Virginia. I forgot about Virginia. They got to go to Virginia. They loaded up this non conference portion. So. Good. That's what we want to see from AM. But yeah, I mean, they've they've had their struggles uh early in the season, especially away from home. All right. You go back to last year, obviously they had the one home loss to Wofford that you know really made you scratch your head. But those four other losses, Murray State neutral court, Colorado neutral court, Boise State, that was I don't remember. It's kind of a home game for AM, but wasn't their building. Uh at Memphis, they lost that game by four. So yeah, I mean, it's a road game against a, a Big Ten team. It's going to be challenging. I don't care, like you said, what kind of how State did against Oakland. Um, you know, we've seen some early season kind of games from Greg Campy's teams there that, you know, they, they'll be competitive. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm cautious here because I, I'm starting to look ahead at my picks. I'm like, wait a second. I may pick every SEC team, and I've got to pick against somebody somewhere. Um I don't know though. I mean, I, I still think AM's better. And I think with Wade Taylor, maybe this is maybe this winds up being the Julius Marble game where it's like they don't have him and maybe, you know, not having that extra kind of guy there. But I look at watching them the other night, I know it's commerce, but yeah, I mean, I, I still think the rotation's really strong. And um, you know, adding different guys like Jace Carter and all that. I, I I'm gonna pick AM and I might wind up picking every SEC team. So be it. But I I just I still think AM's the better team. So, and, and with it's game two, rather than me project that a and is going to have another struggle in non-conference play, I'm just going to go with the, the, what I think is the better team right now. And just looking at the matchup, I, I think A&M defensively will slow Ohio State down a little bit. So, I'll pick the Aggies. Stick with your guns, Blake. I like it. I, so what if you pick every SEC team? I like There's it. one team I'm not picking. I will go ahead and tell you right now. We'll get to that in a minute. Oh, it might okay. surprise you guys. Okay. Um. I'm I, I'm really excited for this this game and and this is coming from someone that did not pick Texas A&M very highly. I'm telling you right now, I am picking them in this in this matchup. Um, Ohio State they they did not shoot well in in game one. Uh, Gale was 0 for four, so I don't expect him to go 0 for every game. You know, like he's gonna he's gonna knock down some shots. But this rotation is so short for Ohio State. I mean, they had to they you know they were in a close game, so they had to shorten it up and win that game. But man, I mean. It's Zed Key and uh, Opara at at the five that kind of have a little two-man rotation there. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, they have, like, maybe one guard that they bring in off the bench. Um, this is a short, short rotation. I think it does help that it's at Ohio State, obviously. Um, Texas A&M is a tough place to go and play. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking for that, uh, that trio of Hefner, uh, Carter, and Lawrence at the three, they they did very well in, in game one. And I think they're going to, again, this this game, Carter should probably knock down a few more shots even. Um, I like A&M here. 
I'm not too high on this Ohio State team at all. Yeah, I. it's hard to pick against a, a team that's expected to go to the NCAA tournament. You know, a, a team that's had a lot of success like Ohio State, a team that's got a lot of talent. Uh, and, and the whole way A&M played until the SEC schedule last year, that, that is in the back of my head as a, a little bit of an alarm bell. That said, I went on a limb for this team preseason. You do not see many teams. And, oh, look, they, they do face one in Ohio State that brings back a lot of the same guys from year to year. So this is a rare matchup of Power 5 teams where the dudes that you saw doing things last year are largely the same as the ones doing things this year. I, I think this team, with another year under its belt, with, with the way Ohio State struggled out of the gate, um, I, I don't usually pick a team on the road in a matchup where it's even-ish. I think Texas A&M's a little better, but I'm, I'm going to go out with the Aggies on this one. So we'll see. All right, th- I wonder if this is Blake's game where he's going against the league. This is Virginia against Florida and Charlotte, ACC Network. Opinions are really mixed on Virginia, generally considered a top 30 to 50 team nationally preseason uh, most brackets that I've seen have got Virginia as one of the last at large teams in. Beat Tarleton State 80 to 50 in the opener. I don't think they're even Division One, are they? I'm not sure. Uh, Reese Beekman, the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, had 16 in that one. Uh, Florida had, had a nice win in its opener. Guys, we'll start with Max. What are we looking for in this one? This is going to be, this is probably going to be the uh, the game where people think it's going to be a rock fight, and it's not because of that Virginia mm. pack line defense. Um, I mean, they, Virginia had 10 threes in last game, and Reese Beekman didn't hit one. Uh, and then if you look at Florida, Florida scored in the 90s. Kugel, Richard, and uh, Clayton combined for like one three. So both of these teams had good offensive performances in game one, but their stars didn't really shoot that well. Obviously, McNeely for Virginia – uh, that guy can shoot the lights out. He had four threes. Um, but, man, this is going to be a good one. Now, when I was in the offseason, I was looking forward to this, and I was like, I'm really liking Florida in this one. I think Virginia's a little bit down. But without pulling, that guard depth for Florida is just a little bit light. We saw, I think, 35 minutes plus from, from a few of those Florida guards. So this is what I'm going to be looking for mainly in this in this game. Virginia was 34th in Ken Palm last year. Did they get that much better? I'm not sure. Did Florida get better? Definitely. Um, I think this is going to be a matchup hunting thing for for Florida's guards. McNeely and Rhodey, they're not the best defenders, but Reese Beekman is. So I think if if, uh, Golden can scheme these guards open a little bit, get them on McNeely driving against these lesser guards, Florida wins. But if it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a coaching matchup. I think I like these teams, but Tony Bennett's a good coach, man. So what you're saying is you're taking Virginia. Take it, Virginia. All right. Um, actually, I said I was picking against one SEC team. Uh, I forgot about this one, but yes, I I'm also gonna go Virginia here. Very high on Florida, as we know. I mean, I we both yeah, are. Like, we're both very high on Florida. Um, but I just think this is always a tough matchup for anybody, especially game two. And yeah, people can pick apart Virginia's success in the NCAA tournament and losing games they shouldn't and all that. But still, I mean, it's it's a very hard team to prepare for. And to, no matter who's on the roster, the approach, the system is hard to prepare for. 
And yeah, do I think Florida can win this game? Sure. Ken Palm's got this a two point game in Virginia's favor. So sounds about right to me. This is a game that should go down in the final couple minutes. Um, you know, Riley Kugel, <laughs> maybe the best player on the floor um, in terms of what he can do. Like I said, we were impressed with Florida's front court against the of Maryland. If those guys keep playing well, uh, then I think Florida's got the edge here. But it's just so hard to pick against Virginia, um, you know, because you just kind of think about <laughs> what they do. And again, I just think it's one where, sure, a couple of years ago, what was it? I think they, they lost game one to Navy or whatever. And you're like, oh, this could be one of those seasons for them. And uh, somewhat kind of was. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, I just, I don't know. This is, <laughs> it's a tough game. Like it's in Charlotte and I really like Florida, but I'm going to pick Virginia and maybe it's just me trying not to pick every SEC team. Um, I'm still going to pick against one other, but yeah, give me the, give me the calves here. Like I'll ask you this. If, if Florida has Zion pulling available, does that change your mind at all? I mean, maybe because it gives you, because right now they're going to start who? They're going to start Clayton, Richard, Kugel, Samuel, yep. and Han Logden. They're going to start yep. the two 6'10 and above guys. Um, I'm not saying they would start pulling, but like it may, it'd be interesting if they decided to, let's say, move right either Samuel or Han Logden at, at the center position and then have the four guards there. Um, you could play that way too. I don't, like you said, I don't, you can't do that now. It's probably you're mixing Alex Condon in the mix, and that's about it, right? Like that's your right. rotation. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I sure Florida can win this game. I'm just, I'm going to pick Virginia because I don't know. I, I want to see Florida win one of these games before I'm going to pick them to do it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I had Florida as my sleeper team coming in the year. I like what they've done there in Todd Golden's second year. I need to see a little bit more. Uh, Tony Bennett is, is a Hall of Fame coach. The pack yeah. line is tough to prepare for. This is an ACC territory. I'll, I'll take Virginia in this one, although I can't wait to see it. Um, all right, next one up, Gardner-Webb at Arkansas. Um, Gardner-Webb ranked in that 200 range by the computers and – Look, I, I don't know what to say about this one. Arkansas has got a ton of talent. We saw it on display in the opener. Tons of depth. Um, Blake, anything interesting about this game? Because, look, Arkansas wins in a blowout. I don't know what else to add here. Throw the computers out the window. Give me the hogs. Um, big. Uh, no, I I mean, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Uh, you know, I don't know how much we take away from Gardner-Webb's first win against – 98-58, a 40-point victory on Monday against Erskine. Is that how you say it? Erskine. Um, well, thank you, Chris. Expert. My best oh, friend Erskine. once worked there. Wow. Okay. Well, can't wait to talk about the next game. And he happened uh, to Eastern call Washington. me as we're doing this. So I think he's like he knew it was coming. Chris is going to he's gonna have <laughs> something for Eastern Washington up next, I assume. But, um, yeah, give me the hogs here. Like I said, they're deep. We saw that in game one, the three-point shooting. Already seeing the improvement there with Mark and Battle. Um, we got to come up with something for those two guys. Battle Mark. Um, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's – love the Hawks. And Not so, a for humor. Yeah, well, we'll get to one here in a second. But I think Maxwell – you know, Lawson probably – we talked about that. He only played eight minutes in that game. But I think you'll see more minutes out of him. Because remember, he started the game. So, um, yeah. So, I – I'm in on the Hawks here. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas is going to win by 78, but the thing wow. that I'm interested in is 
Uh, Gardner Webb did have 25 offensive rebounds um, in their first game. I mean, the you know, opponent, obviously, but I'm just looking if if Arkansas does get a little bit of a test there in the front court. What do those minutes look like? Um, because they were a little bit. I mean, as Moss always is in, unpredictable with his minutes, but Mitchell and Lawson kind of got the back seat to uh, to Jalen Graham there. So I'm just interested if Gardner Webb does kind of put up a little bit of a fight on the boards. What does that front court look like? Um, but yeah, Hogs big. All right, gentlemen. Eastern Washington visits Ole Miss at the same time. Eastern Washington ranked to the computers in the 170ish range. No, no, look. Normally, this would be a check the box Ole Miss wins game, but they're without some guys that didn't exactly look great in the opener. And, and I just did a little quick research on Eastern Washington. Uh, did you call your cousin who went to Eastern Washington? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> but uh, they did win 16 straight games at one point last year. They had the preseason newcomer of the year, according to Blue Ribbon, and they also have a first-team all-league player in, in, in Ethan Price. Look, I, I don't know much about them other than that. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I, I'm just saying if, if Ole Miss doesn't look a little bit better than it did in the opener – uh, maybe maybe this one gets interesting, or maybe not. Listen, I'll I'll take this first because I know Max going to spend more time on it than I am. Circle this is one that Ole Miss can get beat here. Um, for for everything that Chris just said, like yes, like Eastern Washington is not a bad team. Um, I know they just lost by thirty five at Utah. I get it, but you know, as we said, Ole Miss not exactly an offensive juggernaut at this point in the season. So, I I wouldn't be stunned if Eastern Washington plays a little bit better here. Uh, and makes this interesting. So Ken Palm's got this an, an eight-point game. So hmm. um, something to keep in mind. I don't know what that line winds up being. My guess is they'll miss double digits, but just keep that in mind. If they don't play well, they can get beat. Do I think they're going to get beat? No, I'm picking Ole Miss. Um, but, yes, you obviously want to see some improvement on the offensive side from them in this game. Um, but, like I said, if you're just using the sample size, this is an Eastern Washington team that just lost by 35 at Utah. So, Give me the Rebels. All right. The Rebels. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Said with such conviction. Yep. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, I'll say this. Utah's a good team. Uh, Carlson's a really good big man. Um, and I think we just saw from Oregon, maybe the Pac-12 is a little bit better than we thought coming in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Utah out-rebounded Eastern Washington 48-28, to and Ole Miss did not rebound the ball that well in game one. So I'll be looking for um, a much better effort on the boards from Ole Miss. Um, but also just how is Brakefield and Morrell's confidence in, in their, you know, do they still have that green light? I know they do, but, you know, are they going to be hesitating before shots after the poor game? And, um, it, it should be a bounce-back game for Ole Miss. I'll tell you this, if they end up losing, you're not going to see my face for, for weeks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Ole Miss has got to bounce back here. Eastern Washington's a solid opponent with a little bit of, uh, program history here, but they, no excuses here. Okay. In the third of five games that all start at seven central, uh, and by the way, I'll take Ole Miss, um, Indiana state visits Alabama that of course, uh, Indiana state is, is respectable program ranked in the low hundreds of most computers, Alabama and Grant Nelson were, were fun to watch on opening night. Max, I'll start with you. What are you looking for in this one? 
Looking for the over, no matter what the line is. Give me points in this game. Uh, I mean, Ken Palm has this predicted at uh, 160 points total. Um, Indiana, uh, Indiana State, excuse me, is a team that likes to run and gun. They attempted 33s in their first game. They had two guys make five threes each. Uh, you know, they love to chuck it. Um, so I didn't catch too much of that Alabama game. I mean, with every game on at one time, I was like in a vortex of SEC basketball trying to keep up with everything. So I didn't get too much of Alabama. I'm going to be looking to watch a little bit more of this game and just uh, do I expect Alabama to score 20 points in the first 15 seconds again? Probably, probably not, but uh, I am interested in this game just because I think it's going to be a fun one up and down fast pace. Yeah, I heard Chris's gardener once knew Larry Bird, so that's the tie to Indiana State here. Um, I also that I think maybe fourth cousin, fifth cousin went to St. Mary of the Woods, which is what Indiana State beat by thirty to open the season. So, um, I you know I said going into the the, the seat or I was last week probably I said games to watch in the SEC, and I grouped this one in with all the other kind of high profile games. Give me a because fun one. Yeah, I think it's the way Indiana State plays, and that's why I put it in there. Because um, I think they're they are a very interesting team, and so I don't, you know, I'm going to pick Alabama to win. But keep in mind, I mean, this was a team that shot it real well last year in Indiana State. Um, you know, just looking at some of their percentages, effective field goal percentages, they were top five in the country last year. I know, you know, roster is different and, and that kind of thing, but um, you know, at least something to to kind of look at there. And so, yeah. Um, I'll take the, the tide, but like Max said, I think there's a lot of points on the board here. Um, you know, I talked about Alabama's offense, smooth as a baby's bottom, and this should be another Grant Grant Nelson game, but it should be a lot of other games for Alabama. They, they got a lot of studs offensively, and as I said, I'll just continue to watch them defensively and see what they look like here in this first uh, stretch of games. So give me the tide. Give me Alabama as well. All right, Nichols. Or Nickel State. I see it both ways. I have no ties to Nickel State. I'll just get that out of the way for you early, hmm, Blake. Interesting. Um, visits LSU, which scored a ton of points in its opener. Uh, Baker had 29 and 19 minutes. Nichols ranked around 300 in most of the major computers. Uh, g- give me something interesting here, guys. You go, Max. I don't got much here. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I literally have – Written down in my notes, I have my high school would beat Nichols. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, they have a six-man rotation, and it's like a tight six-man rotation. Like, I don't think uh, only six guys got double-digit minutes. I think not like the seventh man had like seven minutes for Nichols. Like, they do not have bodies. They had 18 turnovers in their first game. Uh, like LSU should run them out of the building. That I don't have much. Now, reminder, LSU's averaging 119 points at this point. Um, you know, what was it? They scored 130-something in the exhibition. Um, Leading scorer in the SEC, Will Baker. Yep, Will Baker, which he did look good. I know we played around with that, you know, last time, but I, and I mentioned the opponent, but he looked good. So, yeah, this, uh, this should be another one that uh, LSU takes care of business, puts up a lot of points, and so they will probably be the team averaging the most points after two games is my – Prediction on this one, um, you know, but remember, I mean, Nichols did lose only by 10 at Tulane. So a lot of points scored in that game, 91-81, like you guys talked about. So, yeah, I I think points is the best bet in this one, yep. um, and I will take the Tigers. 
I will also take the Tigers. I will also take the Tigers in the next one, the last of the 7 o'clock central tip-offs. Southeastern Louisiana visits Auburn. Auburn blew it late against Baylor, uh, but it was a lot of fun to watch and doing it. Southeastern Louisiana ranks around 250 in the computers, expected by some to win the Southland, make the NCAAs as a 16 seed. Uh, but, yeah, if this is interesting, something has gone off the rails. Yeah, I mean, Auburn's offense, like we said, I know they lost that game, missed opportunity, all that, but I still like what I saw from Auburn offensively. Um, you know, a few careless turnovers, but you're always going to get that in game one, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, and talked about the three-point shooting, 9-19 and there. And they've got, you know, the best player in the SEC in Janai Broom. So, yeah, I think Auburn takes care of business here. What I want to see from them is defense uh, because, again, that was a – a big issue, and Max talked about it, the fouling. Just, you know, I know it's a, a, a an opponent that's not to the level of Baylor, but those are still things that you can see in this game like this and see if they're improving there. Um, so that's what I'm looking for here. Yeah, you nailed it. I don't have too much to add on top of your comments. I just want to see Chad Baker Mazzara play a little bit more. He changed the game so much when he was in both offensively with his spacing and defensively with his length and his – just how feisty he is on the perimeter. Um, I mean, if, if Auburn doesn't have 700 fouls this game, they'll, you know, they'll win by 20 plus. So not looking for too much, just staying out of foul trouble and maybe Trey Donaldson, a bit of a cleaner game, but that's it. All right. Now we get to uh, a couple of the ones that we're really circling as ones to watch. Memphis visits Missouri and Blake's client, Dennis Gates. Most, People have Memphis as a 7-8 seed in the NCAs. It won its opener against Jackson State, 94-79. Walton gave them 19 in that one. Missouri scored a ton of points early. Uh, took off the gas a little bit late, went cold, however you want to put it. But uh, we know Missouri is going to be a team that's going to play fast and score a lot of points again. And, boy, is this going to be fun to watch. Max, what are you watching for you? <clears throat> Not going to touch too much on it because I know uh, Blake will probably spend a little bit more time on it. Careful, Max. No, you, you need to spend as much time as you can because mine's going to be very brief. So, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Are we really building drama for Blake to, to make his pick? Because, like, do we, is there mystery about how this is going to go? Can well, we hey, Max break this game down here, please? Blake, Blake's going to like what I what I have to say because I haven't been too high on Missouri, but I absolutely love him in this spot. I will say that. Um, still no, still no Vanover, but that might not be too much of a negative. Aiden Shaw looked really good in Game One. He's got to stay out of foul trouble, but Aiden Shaw did really look the part. Um, and Noah Carter, uh, doing his thing at the four. Um. I have written down here, Memphis 2022-23 Ken Palm does not matter. Uh, they have a completely new team. Um, 16 turnovers for Memphis was gross. Jaquan Wallen with five turnovers, one assist. David Jones with five turnovers, two assists. Quinnerly with three turnovers. Uh, big thing here, Memphis got out-rebounded by Jackson State 37-34. That is not going to cut it. Missouri, one of Missouri's biggest flaws last year was the rebounding. So I don't think Memphis, you know, if we're looking matchup wise, is Memphis this, you know, intimidating rebounding team? No. Uh, does Missouri force a ton of turnovers? Yeah. So, I mean, 
to me, this is looking like a great matchup for Missouri. Great matchup. What do you What do you think, Blake? <sighs> Give me the Tigers. Shocker. <laughs> do you, Chris knows what I just did there. Um, it's is it the Memphis Tigers or the Missouri Tigers? I don't know. Mm. Um, so if you look at the stats, you here, don't know. Oh, I've He's got my pick. And my, you don't my, know. My official pick's coming shortly. Um, if you look at the percentages, Memphis is better than Missouri through one game. Remember this one game. Statistically, in every offensive percentage, like shooting category, better than Missouri is defensively in those areas. Meanwhile, Missouri is better statistically in every offensive category than Memphis is defensively in those categories. So two teams that left a little bit to be desired in game one defensively, two teams that, uh, you know, had plenty to show offensively in game one. Um, you know, if you go back to last year, I mean, you know, Missouri was pretty good at home, right? And they had a lot of success there outside of what really that game against Kansas um, and the game against A&M late in the season. They were really good at home. And like Max said, Aiden Shaw looked good. Uh, of course, I talked about Tamar Bates. Um, I think he could be a big difference maker in a game like this, um, you know, against a team like Memphis, the way that that roster is constructed. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this game. I think this could very well be the game of the night in terms of like entertainment value, uh, because you do have two really good offensive teams that, and also, by the way, that also are going to get up and down the floor. Um, because you think about the pace in this game, uh, Ken Palm's got this 81 80. I think it goes higher. Like, I, I think this is a game mm -hmm. where you, you might see both teams at 90 here. Um, because remember, average offensive possession length, Missouri 12th, 13.4 seconds. I think Memphis is ninth. That's uh, or actually, they're the same. Excuse me, they're just tied in the ranking. So, both at 13.4 <laughs> seconds, uh, in game one. So, entertainment value, this is must see. Um, you know, I think it's. I do think it's a good spot for Missouri, even without um, Connor Vanover. So, with all that said, give me Memphis. Arkansas Pine Bluff is is one of the worst teams, maybe the worst team that. <laughs> I, wow, I was just expecting you to pick Missouri. I I, I just I lost right over that. What just happened? I didn't even it didn't even register for a minute. The audio people can't see this, but. <laughs> Wow, that's Chris, you don't know what I'm doing here. Are you kidding me? Like, do you okay. not remember how we did this last season? Um, now look, all the new fans are gonna be completely like, what is this guy doing? But for all the returning fans of Missouri, you know how we did this thing last year. I yeah. picked against Missouri in every important game that there was, and the reason I did that was because that meant Missouri was gonna win the game, right? And so we Princeton threw us off a little bit because I picked the Tigers it did. last year. It in, did. In, the, in the excuse me, the, how many Tigers we got going here? <laughs> I picked the Princeton Tigers here. in the NCAA tournament, and there were people in the comments saying, "This guy just picked Princeton." And of course, I wish I could have went back and said, "Yeah, you're right, I did pick them," but it was you know being sarcastic. And so, give me Memphis in this one. All right, the Tigers. <laughs> yep, I'm so glad Missouri's in this league. I mean, how much how much fun has this added to our shows? Listen, how, over under, how many people are going to comment when we do the reaction video? Memphis or Missouri comes out and wins this game by ten. How many people are going to comment that about me picking Memphis? About one hundred and ninety four. <laughs> so, that's my guess. 
Give all me the right. Tigers. I'll all uh, fun aside. Uh, Max, you mentioned Aiden Shaw. He was a kid that was, I think, a top 50 recruit two years ago. D- didn't have a huge stat line, but he gave him a little bit of a presence in terms of rebounding. Um, he was a guy that I wanted to see how does that look in 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 game one, and then I thought they got a good answer there. Uh, Tamar Bates, uh, a lot of talk about him being a better fit in Columbia uh, rather than in Indiana. I, I think certainly game one seemed to be that way. I, I liked – no, again, I, I don't know what – what this means because it was Arkansas Pine Bluff. But I I didn't know, like, guys like Honor in the East and Carter last year, although maybe not as much Carter, were not always guys that that gave you big scoring games. They had other guys that could do that. They, they could score, and in that offense, guys are going to get points. But could they step up and become bigger scorers? They did that on the opening night. Look, I, I like my analytics. You guys who watch know that. Missouri was a team last year that, that sort of – defied the analytics all year uh won a lot of games that ken palm didn't have him winning and, and looked at is all on that adjusted defensive efficiency metric where they had a weird year where they they forced a bunch of turnovers but they, they allowed a ton of buckets um but i don't know they, they just milked that style of play and they particularly do it in that building and I, I feel like I trust Dennis Gates to, to win this game. They, they may be the underdogs on a neutral floor, probably would be. Uh, but but I saw enough of what makes them go, again, granted it was Arkansas Pine Bluff, to feel like, all right, he's got a team that can play to an identity again this year, and that won him a ton of games a year ago. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is is Jackson State out-rebounded Memphis 37-34. to 34. Jackson State out-rebounded yeah. Memphis. Uh, that's, that's like my number one thing right now and why, and why I like Missouri. Yeah, no, no Jackson State is – there were there were teams that, that played SEC teams that are worse than that. They're, they're favored to win the swag. But still, if you're Memphis, you should be asserting your will against a team like that. I, I just trust Dennis Gates to win this game more than I do Penny Hardaway. So – all right, here's a good one. And again, you, you got to have Peacock to watch this one, which is a shame. It means a lot of people are going to miss it. But Wisconsin hosts Tennessee at the same time as Memphis, Missouri. The Badgers are ranked pretty consistently between about 20 and 33 in the major computers. Most see Wisconsin, which missed the tournament last year as a 7 to 10 NCAA seed. It won 105 76 over Arkansas State. Chucky Hepburn had 20 points. Tennessee looked terrific from start to finish, I thought, and it went over Moorhead State. Ziegler looked healthier. Dalton Connect, you could see exactly why people were excited. Josiah Jordan-James was an efficient score in that one. Tennessee may have as much depth and as many parts as anybody in this league, guys. They, they were super impressive in that win over Moorhead State. Yeah. No, they were. Um, you know, again, I, Max and I picked them to win the league, and I didn't really change my opinion on that at all because you shouldn't after one game um, unless they lose, and, and then you can change your pick. But yeah, I mean, they look good. You know, the depth is there. Of course, we didn't we didn't know, but I think we we forgot to mention that the reason Iwaka only played a certain amount of minutes is Rick Barnes said he was under the weather, and so um, you know we were trying to figure out that mystery, but that's why. So he'll play more minutes uh, in this game, assuming he's he's good to go. So, yeah, again, the, the Ziegler addition this early in the season is just not something I was banking on. And even if he's not playing 20 minutes a game, him being out there, like he just his presence is significant. 
And so, especially I think in a game like this, that is on the road um, against a team that let's call it what it is, right? People are going to, people have compared these two teams in recent years where it's like two teams that are just going to grind you, um, have some offensive woes, maybe at times, not maybe they do. Um, and so, yeah, like, so there's a lot of similarities here and, you know, I, I just, look, I'm not going to back off of it. I, I think Tennessee is one of the best teams in the country uh, at full strength. And again, I was not projecting them to be full strength for this game because that was saying, okay, Ziegler's not back yet. All this. And maybe Ziegler plays more minutes here. I mean, I only played 12 since he tech. My, my guess is he probably plays more. So, you know, you add him to the mix. I just, yeah. I mean, looking at Wisconsin, I don't know how much you read into the Arkansas state other than they are coached by Brian Hodgson, who used to be at Alabama. We know. And so they played a very up-tempo style and, you know, I think it's one of the reasons why Wisconsin scored 105. I don't think scoring 105 against Tennessee. Um, so I know we always have trust issues with Tennessee. I get it. But, you know, if you really sort of think about it, they are usually right there in these kind of games. I know they had the Colorado game last year. Um, but I think they got a great chance to win this one. I'm picking them to win it. Because, um, again, I think they're one of the most complete teams in the country. Now, where I will hesitate is if – they come out early and they got, you know, eight points with eight minutes to go in the first half, because that that's always in your mind that that could happen against a team like Wisconsin. And so that would, you know, worry a little bit, but I'm not going to project that. And so give me the balls here and what should be a good game, although it's going to be a different game in terms of style when it comes to like Missouri Memphis. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely going to be different than Missouri Memphis. Um, looking at Wisconsin from last year. They were 61st in Ken Palm. They had a great defense, top 20 defense, uh, 19th in the nation in defense, 140th offense. Um, they bring back pretty much everyone. They lose Jordan Davis and add A.J. Store, basically a shooting upgrade is what I would call that. Um, so Wisconsin is going to have a top 20 defense. They're, they're definitely going to, you know, be legit on defense. Same with Tennessee. So it's going to be a rock fight in that sense. Who has the better offense? For me, it's got to be Tennessee. I don't think Wisconsin is the 140th this year. They're much, much better than that. They've got some decent spacing. But Tennessee, just the depth, the waves that they're you – know, you never take the foot off the gas pedal. Ziegler, Ganey, DeLeon, Vescovy, it doesn't matter who's bringing the ball up. Uh, whole game, they're going to have scoring from the guard position. So I think the offense, the added, the added spacing for Tennessee is going to be the difference in this one. But, man, I am excited. This can be high level. Yeah, I'm taking Tennessee. Uh, Rick Barnes has had the Vols play with amazing consistency in his tenure there. But I feel like they've been really good guys in November, December games. They have racked up a bunch of quality wins. They've had a lot of those away from home. Maybe if I check the record, I'm wrong. But just going from field, feels like Rick Barnes' teams always play pretty well in these kind of games. I'm going with Tennessee. And as an aside, maybe we'll get into this another podcast later awful lot of 100-point games being scored, a lot of points scored. Maybe that's weak opposition. I don't know what that is, but I feel like we have – there were three teams in the SEC that scored, I think, 100 points on opening night, a bunch more that were above 80, and a lot of teams they're playing scored over 100 in opening games. So uh, if, if we've got a more free-flowing offensive game, uh, boy, boy, am I here for that. All right, last one we'll get to. Virginia Tech and South Carolina in Charlotte. Uh, this one starts 30 minutes after those two. Uh, it's on the SEC Network or ACC Network, I guess. So you get a chance to watch 
all three of those games a little bit, maybe if you're lucky. Uh, Virginia Tech, an NIT level team, beat Coppin State 100 to 55 in its opener. Mike Young is a really good offensive coach. Tech put five guys in double figures in the opener. Uh, Hunter Couture, the MVP of the ACC tournament last year, went for 13 points, four assists in the opener. South Carolina looked fine in, in beating USC Upstate. Uh, guys, I think uh, if South Carolina can get a win here, Max, uh, this would be a nice boost for a program that Lamont Paris felt like was getting shortchanged a little bit when his team was voted 14th in the SEC's preseason poll. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a sneaky good game uh, from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, South Carolina made a ton of threes in their in their first game, and Virginia Tech, as you as you said, great offense. They were 31st offense last year with the 140th defense, and they they haven't changed all too much. So there's going to be some points in this one. Um, Virginia Tech led by 26 at halftime, so they really dominated that first game. Um, for a pick, I'm going to go Virginia Tech, but. Because I, I just don't think that South Carolina is going to be shooting as well as they did in game one. Uh, I think average comes down a little bit. But, man, this is just normally a throwaway game here that I do is not a throwaway. I think this is going to be a very entertaining, fast-paced game with some 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 good shooters. Yeah, Ken Palm has a one-point game. Mm. I was very surprised by that. Um in Virginia Tech's favor, like I, and not to say I, I thought Virginia Tech would be favored by more points. Um, just from an, you know an analytic, yeah, we say that right. It, we got one game here, and that's why like sometimes we're we're trying to have fun with some of these games. Is like, can we really just go too far with one game sample size for any of these teams? Like it's really hard. And so, um, you know, because nine nine times out of a hundred, Vanderbilt's going to beat Presbyterian. And you know, you look at just kind of those those things that make me just kind of say, all right, let's slow down a little bit. Let's not overreact to anything in game one necessarily. Um. But yes, like Max talked about, we we said South Carolina is going to be better roster wise. I think they they can be with this team. Um, I, I still though probably Mike Young, he's this guy can coach. I mean, there's yeah. not saying Lamont Paris can, but um, I know they struggled last year. But yeah, I just tend to think they still probably have the better team overall. Um, and so it kind of goes back to the some of those we, we talked about, like just banking on teams that you kind of want to see them do it before you're willing to pick them yeah. to do it. Um, so I, I'll go Virginia tech here, but I do think it's a good game. Uh, and I think, like you said, if South Carolina were to get this win, that would be huge for Lamont Paris, even against a team that's picked in the middle of the pack in the ACC, it would be huge because think about, you know, how last season went, they lost games, you know, in the non-conference Colorado state beat them by 32 last year. Davidson, Furman beat them by 19. They lost to George Washington by 24. UAB beat them by 14. They're just getting blown out. Think about the games against Tennessee. So getting a win period here would be significant for South Carolina. And, hey, for their sake, I hope they get it. But I'm going to pick Virginia Tech. All right, one thing about South Carolina, I think in, in terms of, of guys who played Division One minutes last year, and a lot of these guys played their minutes elsewhere, I think South Carolina was either number one or number two in the SEC in terms of of minutes played by guys somewhere last year. So a lot of experience on this team, although it is lower-level experience. Look, I, I have – again, I, I'm going to echo what Blake said. No disrespect to Lamont Paris. I think he did a really good job with them a year ago. They won some games they weren't supposed to win, including one at Rupp. You never knew when it was going to pop up. They would win one of those and lose by 40 the next night, it seemed like. Again, I don't know if this – 
the these scores are indicative of some change in the game of basketball where we're going to see a lot more points. Uh, but that's what we saw opening week. I feel like if it's going to be that kind of game, I like Mike Young's chances of winning a, a high-scoring game more than I do Carolina's. So, uh, so give me Virginia Tech in that one. All right, guys, we'll wrap it up. Any quick parting thoughts from either of you? I'll start with Blake. Check everything out on the channel. Uh, hit subscribe. Hit the like button. Uh, again, go with the Tigers. <laughs> Can't get over it. Um, no, follow us on Twitter, the Blake Lavelle, Max Bar CBB. Um, constant, constant content every single day. Multiple, multiple different things a day. I mean, I'm doing. Um, one thing I'm starting to do real quick is uh, I'm doing a prop. Point prop uh, players for from Bet Online. Um, I'm two for two with uh, Janai Broom over points and Cam Matthews over rebounds. If you need any props, they got three pointer props, assist props, rebound props, whatever you need, go to uh, Bet Online. Use code Believe. Uh, what is it again, Blake? It's fifty percent yep. off first deposit. Fifty percent off first deposit. Yep. Come on, can't beat that. Check us out. All right, can't wait to watch these. Unfortunately, um, well, I guess not. Unfortunately, the, most of these are Friday. There are a couple of games Saturday that are competing with football. Uh, those are Tennessee Martin at Mississippi State at Four Central. Then Sunday, going up against the NFL is North Carolina Central's trip to Georgia. So there are more games this week, and we just didn't have time to get into those. Uh, we're doing a ton of football coverage. We'll have a live reaction show. Probably sometime Saturday night after the last game is finished. Best way to get that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Those things help us out. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend, and thank you for watching Southeastern 14, presented by Bet Online.